Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, we're doing episodes 13, 14, and 15 of Ghost in the Shell today. Um, we got some really fun ones here. Some like some weirder ones and then one that's very goofy but then kind of takes a turn in a <laughs> weird way. It's... Yeah, three standalones. Yeah. So the Laughing Man count is only plus one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, episode 15 well, is pretty fun. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Koopa, want to take us away with episode 13? Yeah, so I get to episode 15, we gotta do episode 13, which is kind of weak in my opinion, but we'll go on. Um, we see the chief, he's passing around a photo of the all of section 9, it's showing a whole bunch of, like, guerrilla fighter people, and there's a young woman with black hair in the center of it. Everyone um, is super generic except her. <laughs> yes, it has very, uh, main character syndrome there. Yes. It's <laughs> like, the only thing that would be better if she had, like, bright red or green hair or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two yeah, different color yeah. eyes. Two different color eyes. Yeah, I was going to say heterochromia, definitely. <laughs> Had like a magic mascot cutesy animal next to her. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so the major recognizes her from the uh, to- the Tokura Electronics case. So apparently this is Eka Tokura, and it was the daughter of the CEO of that company. Apparently 16 years ago, uh, she was kidnapped by the New World Brigade, who embraces the Human Liberation Front's tactics. Um, we'll hear more of those people later. Uh, the major starts talking about how Eka was cyberized to promote the company. Apparently, I guess her father turned her into like a cyborg in order to say, "Hey, look at all my company's new stuff." Yeah, um, her dad literally turned her into a commodity, which is uh, great. Great yeah. late stage capitalism. Yeah, she has it was like kind a of playing the whole on the back of her neck that's like different from everyone else's. It's a lot clunkier looking. Yeah, it looks like a yeah. gen- first generation plug. Yeah, um, it also, uh, like, it, it's very much, oh, look, I have so much faith in my product, product yep. I'll just put it in my daughter. Without yep. asking her, of course. Oh, she's you, a minor. No, no, she's no, a she's child. A, she, she's a woman. She's just there for men to sell. Mm. And a child. So she has no uh, ability to make decisions for herself. Yeah. This must have been before any sort of, like, laws about what you can and can't do to your children, cybernetic wise, <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyway, so the uh, New World Brigade or whatever kidnapped her um, for whatever reason. They don't really explain why they kidnapped her. Uh, no. Presumably to blackmail the company or to get them to stop or something. I don't know. And it didn't work. I mean, we always uh, we assumed at this point something else, but that never really... Comes up. Yeah. So we'll talk about that at the end. Cause it's, yeah, uh... based on what the Human Liberation Front does, it was probably just, hey, like you should stop doing cybernetic shit. Yeah. So we kidnapped your daughter. But anyway, the Major took this case personally, kind of knowing some of her backstory. This makes sense. Um, so apparently the case was never solved, but uh, a couple days ago the police raided a hide. Oh, sorry, the case was never solved. Uh, the police ended up raiding the hideout of the New New World Brigade, and uh, I guess they never found the girl, but she was still missing. But the photo that they've been passing around has been taken two days ago. It was on a radioactive scrubber platform that is 200 miles off of Okinawa. We'll hear more about these later on. Sea steading. Sea steading. Yeah, this is very sea land. Um, <laughs> it's, when I say uh, offshore scrubber platform, think like an oil rig, but like without the oil part, just like and offshore. huge. Yeah. Like you get a sense of scale for this in a later shot. And there's a city on it, basically. Do you mean a rig, Kubo? Is that your rig? Yes, that's my rig. It has LEDs and it's really fast. And I spent seven thousand nice, dollars nice. on my video card. And it blows it blows thick fat cotton. <laughs> you know, these days for a graphics card, that's like the minimum you have to pay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Maritime Safety Agency apparently was doing some sort of investigation about rumors of the New World Brigade being out there, and during their investigation they found Eka kind of by accident. 
and somehow they got DNA that confirms the match, and they make a big deal out of this. Um, anyway, contact was lost with the Maritime Safety Agency team, and so now Section 9, it's their problem. Also, so. she looks exactly the same as she did, what, 15 years ago? Six, 16 years later, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, so there's a standalone episode, it's called Not Equal. Uh, we see the major Bato, Togusa, and Saito. They're ba doing their best Shadow Moses impression by scuba diving <laughs> into the bottom of this thing. Yes, it is so Metal Gear Solid. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, we see like the underside of this like base platform. It's like super rusty. There's no one down there. No one's used it forever. So the chief just kind of pulls in his giant submarine and they just surface. <laughs> I don't know why they pulled the submarine in. I guess they needed to drop off the Tachikomas. Also, why the chief is here? Like... Yeah, He's, I, he just shows up for some reason. Maybe he just wanted a day out of his office. Like, I, I want to so. ride the submarine today. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ishikawa and Boma and Paz are in some tilt rotor. They're just flying around overhead. Um, we see the four people inside the rig start looking around. The Tachikoma wants to bust through a wall, and the Major tells it you need to chill out. Um, they instead use it as an elevator. Like, they haven't shoot its rope straight up the shaft, and they still kind of like sit on top of it as it pulls itself up. And they have a whole conversation in this time where they must have gone up, like, 30 stories. Yeah. Uh, so they talk about um, how they oh, found... Uh, also, the Tachikoma does say, God, I hope I don't get stuck again. <laughs> <laughs> so this is that one. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, so we found... Uh, apparently they found the GPS signal of one of the missing team members, but it's not responding, and Togusa thinks it may be a trap. Um they also start having a conversation, like Togusa asked why Eka decided to show up now, and why, like, it might it be a cyber body, because it doesn't make sense why she looks the same. Yep. And the Major says that the Human Liberation Front don't do cyber bodies, like, they're whole against the whole cybernetic thing. And so he thinks, well, maybe they cloned her to get at the fortune of the uh, company she used to be a part of, I guess. But the Major says, like, the age is off, and also clones can't inherit legally, so it makes no sense. Um, this would be a terrible plan. Yeah. So um, they get to the top of the platform, and at the top of the platform, there's, like, this huge, like, market, and it's, like, totally cyberpunky. this, like, outdoor flea market. You see a whole bunch of people with, like, weird-ass prosthetics just walking around looking at shit. Yep. I don't know, like, did they get, like, a train or a bus or a ferry out here? Like, I don't know how people come out here to shop, but... Yeah, I'm not totally sure if this was the local farmer's market or if these people actually flew in from uh, elsewhere. <laughs> We watch as Bato spend some time eating some cyborg food, which looks totally disgusting. It's like this it's a burrito with like bumps on it. Yeah, it it's like, like a bumpy a candy bar. bar. Yeah, yeah, it looked like like a white chocolate bar with lumps all over it. Yeah. Definitely had lumps. It yeah, was Saito. also like gray color. It, the, even the color of it was just like unappetizing. <laughs> yeah, we see a reaction shot of Saito. He thinks he thinks it looks disgusting, but um, they're just waiting around for the next transmission. Um, Baito like goes on to say that like these platforms could technically be self-sufficient, you know, absolved from any sort of government. And apparently, it's a hub for ocean salvage dealers. This will come up later. <laughs> um, the Tachikoma is very enthusiastic, looking around because it thinks it's on a field trip. It's, it's uh, baby. Yep. To that effect, there is a random merchant that like wants to trade some like random crap for one of the Tachikoma's arms. And the Tachikoma's, like, kind of into this. Yeah, like, oh, my arm? That's it? Ooh, yeah, Bato's cool. like, no, you can't you can't do that. And the Tachikoma's like, oh, I mean, come on, look at I mean, he says it's rare. What a deal. You could replace <laughs> my arm. We have other arms at home, you know. <laughs> he doesn't know that. Yeah, so they get a GPS transmission from the missing team member, and so they have to go leave. Uh, we cut to Bato and Saito finding this... Um, 
maritime safety guy, um, like in a shack. His name is Sakihabara. It's not important. <laughs> uh, they find him and he's super paranoid and has a gun to his head and keeps saying stuff like, get them out of my head, erase them. Um, Batov ends up like wrestling the gun away from him and sedates him. So he calms down a bit. Uh, he goes on to say that the other three MSA dudes are dead. Um, and he says like their leader is a woman and she survived, but why did she turn into, and then he starts crying. Dot. And, uh, Bato thinks this is really weird. And then like, maybe he mind linked and had some sort of virus or something. Uh, Saito finds a backpack with a bunch of like women's effects in it. There's like a purse and like a comb and stuff. And we can see like in the comb, there's like hair. And I guess that's how they got their DNA sample. And uh, Bato says like, oh, maybe this guy got too close to the target he was supposed to be following. It's kind of implied they got uh, a little rapey. I don't know. Yeah, like a lot of this episode is kind of left to interpretation and like not necessarily in an interesting way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the problem, like uh, as opposed to the laughing man stuff, too, uh, where it's like really interesting the entire time through and through. This, yeah, the mystery just isn't very good. Like, I just don't really care. <laughs> you <laughs> like, also you... know with the laughing man stuff that, like, it, well, hopefully, we don't know for sure, but hopefully <laughs> it's going to go somewhere. But this being a standalone, you kind of know that, like, as soon as the episode's over, they're never gonna answer any of this. So, like, yeah. it's yeah. just left completely up in the air, and you're like, oh, okay. More than anything, this episode sets up some, like, world building stuff for some of the stuff in season two mm -hmm. but plot wise no i don't think there ever comes up again yeah um yeah so as bato is talking to this msa guy we see a shot of a man like high up spying on the tachikomas with binoculars and he kind of like runs off they got a baby tank watch out Togusa and the major are still sneaking around someplace um the tachikoma is teasing Togusa, saying he's really jumpy and paranoid which is kind of funny um, they hear a guy walking around the hallway, so the major grabs him and asks him where Eka is. He doesn't say anything, so she threatens him with, like, dental torture. She gets out a giant knife and, like, puts it near his mouth. But they hear gunshots elsewhere, so they knock the guy out and go investigate him. Uh, the major spots Eka arguing with an old woman. This is, like, on top of a tower, I think. Yeah, they're in the control room, basically. Yeah, so, like, Eka is there, and she looks like she does in the photograph, and there's this older woman who has long hair that's gray, like, she's kind of on the ground. And uh, Eka keeps saying, like, you keep doing this over and over, why don't you get tired? Uh, Bato, like, interrupts this entire scene and reports that they, hey, we found this MSA guy, he's acting a bit weird like he has a virus. And the Major's like, oh, that's cool, I'm about to grab uh, Eka and we can leave. Uh, Bato tells uh, her that the guy that they found was crazy because of the girl and thinks that like maybe she's leading the brigade and looks more dangerous than she is. So he kind of warns the major about that. Eka goes on to tell the old woman she can't leave without her permission and like you're worried about being abandoned. So the major interrupts them and calls her speech like grandiose and weird for like an 18 year old girl to have. And then um, takes her gun and Eka warns the major is like, well, you're not leaving here alive now that I know you're here. But the major grabs her and then um, like kind of wrestles her. So her arms behind her back and kind of captured. And then yeah. she goes to link up with her um, to like, I guess, disable her. But she's shocked because there's no plug there. Yeah, we see a few of these like, I don't know, plug inhibitors or whatever in these episodes that are basically, I guess, handcuffs, but for your cyber brain. Yeah, it's supposed to like shut them down and make it so you comply with police or something like that. And the major like generally does this to people when she captures them for you know arresting is to yep. turn them off or whatever. Yeah, they're, but, they're basically cyber handcuffs. Yeah, but yes, this uh, girl Eka does not have one. 
which is mm. unlike the photo that we've seen before. And then the old woman uh, pipes up and says, oh, you've got the wrong girl. And now everyone in who's watching the show knows what the mystery, what the answer to the mystery is. Yeah. It's a little too obvious and they try and act like it is not obvious. And it's a little, it's a little rough. And then the episode <laughs> goes on for like four more minutes of gunfight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Tachikoma's radio win. It's fighting a bunch of people down below. Bato and Saito are also fighting people. And there's like a 10 minute action scene here. It's not really consequential. Uh, they shoot some guys on a zip line. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I well, just... The thing. It's just everyone shooting guns at a bunch of people without cyber parts. So instead of shooting white goo everywhere, they shoot red goo. I think like, yeah. the only thing of note was like Bato is like, these guys don't have any cyber parts, but they just keep on coming. Like they're not scared of death. And I'm like, well, yeah, dude. Yeah, they're fanatics. <laughs> don't um, know when you they're expecting. already living on a seasteading. Of course they don't <laughs> care about dying. Yeah, so... After the, like the firefight happens, they um, take the girl and the old woman and kind of get them into the tilt rotor um, and leave, basically. Uh, one yep. funny thing, though, is Tachikoma does get the bloodlust here and starts like, I want to shoot more people. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Tachikomas oh, have Gatling to... guns instead of tank shells on their uh, thing in Some this them, episode. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, the Tachikoma's like, also... I want to shoot, but then like one of them's like, oh, they've got anti-tank weapons. And Tachikoma's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, yeah, but we got we got big arms on the field, and the touch comes like, fuck that, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, so they're flying away from the uh, oil rig ocean platform. Um, the old woman is in the plane, and she just kind of collapses onto her knees. Um, the major's trying to figure out what the deal with her is, but uh, they take Eka, the the younger girl, out of the Tachikoma, and she starts yelling like, "Get your hands off my mother." And so we see a shot of the old woman, and she has those original neck implants that were in the photo from the beginning of this uh, episode. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, um, I guess the only, the one thing is, like, you're kind of concerned about, you know, this woman was 16 or 18-ish when she was kidnapped, and that was, like, 10 years ago. So why does she look like she's 60 or 70 now? Um, anyway, we cut to afterwards. The tilt loader has landed, I guess, Section 9 HQ or something. Um, the Tachikomas are all really having a fun time talking to each other. Like the ones that didn't go on the mission want to sync with the ones that did because they heard there was a fun firefight because they're psychopaths. You, you get a lot of Tachikoma like banter in the two le in the lead up episodes to episode fifteen here, and it's very good because you do start to get this like idea of what they're becoming like now. Basically, yeah, they're getting way more curious about things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Togusa is talking to Major Mbata saying that he can't believe the old woman is younger than him. Uh, the MSA guys apparently, I guess, figured it out too, that the old woman was Eka, the original one. What? Yeah. And so I guess they tried to link to her cyber brain and got some awful memories about like what happened to her during her time with the Human Liberation Front. And that's what the guy yelling about erasing them was referring to earlier. Uh, they don't really ever explain why the girl aged so rapidly in 16 years. And Bato's like, I don't want to imagine what went on. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry. Got a oh, sorry. Got another text. Oh, fuck. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and so Bato's wondering, like, how did that girl become a leader? And the major's like, well, you can link with her. And Bato's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, like, my theory right at the start when you hear about dad made daughter robot to, you know, sell his company, I was like, well, and she wasn't kidnapped. She ran off with him because she hated being turned into a cyborg. And the show sort of, like, 
implies that with stuff like when they kidnap the one guy and the major's like, you know, where where is Eka? And the guy's like, you don't know anything, <laughs> kind of thing. And like, she yeah. is their leader. So I thought, you know, maybe she was involved in her own kidnapping. But like, then they imply that like really nasty stuff happened to her. That's why yeah, she Yeah, they just aged, go completely but, like, fully uh, back on that. And it like... Like, what if she aged because of the cyberization process? But it, it, it's never going to come up. Who knows? Make your own theories. They made a... a I think also, Bato- it's just not that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really just not that interesting of a problem. It's like, yeah. without any information, I don't know, she got old real fast. It, it definitely does one of those, science. like... Yeah, you know, the stuff that you could come up with is scarier than anything that we could put on in our thing, but... We did no work to actually make you to like lead you towards thinking something really weird and creepy was going on. Yes, it's definitely a less interesting question than the uh, revolutionary who was cloned uh, repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, especially since like how do you even put it? Like it, it, it's just there's like very. I'm like, oh, everything else in this series is like, they do a really good job of explaining their sci-fi, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they do a really good job of, like, giving reasoning for stuff. They go over, like, cyber brain design and stuff. Like, all sorts of stuff. And then this is just kind of left hanging. And it just really feels out of place in yeah. the series as a whole so far. Yeah, the yeah. plot seems really half-baked. Like, they didn't put enough thought into it or maybe it got cut or something. Because they could have gone places mm-hmm. with it. I mean, the plot hooks yeah. are there, uh-huh. but they just didn't. It's Yeah, it's very much, like, just most of a plot but not quite all put together in there and it just the way that the episode ends is literally like well why don't you go figure out what happened to them and they're just like "Mm, nah Nah. we'll just leave it like Bato legitimately says no thanks (laughs) I'm not that interested actually yeah (laughs) and that's episode 13 so now we have episode 14 which is yes but Yen symbol, euro, and dollar. Um, it's the name the, of the currency. Yes. The, <laughs> it's actually brought up in the episode, so I guess we'll get there when we get there. Um, we open into a, to a city airport with an airplane that is another tilt rotor, so we got a passenger Osprey. <laughs> it's hilarious. Landing uh, in this airport. It's like a helipad. It even has yeah, it's like, the top the of like H a building. On it. Yeah. I don't know if you could pay me enough to get into a passenger Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't what, know if there's any American amount of Airlines money that couldn't run an Osprey. <laughs> oh Kai, my Kai, God. Nine years in the future, of course they've worked out the kinks by then. <laughs> God. <laughs> so uh, a woman in a worker's cap and overcoat is like, you know, we see her in the passenger section and then walking out of the plane with everyone. Um, she looks out the window over, I think, Tokyo. And she literally goes, this city is haunted by a specter. And at this point, both Serena are going, of capitalism. And then she goes, the specter of capitalism. And we're like, yes! Yeah! <laughs> Isn't the original quote the specter of communism? Potentially, but, I, you know. I mean, I read yeah, the but communist Yeah, hey, everybody makes back. mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, everyone's wrong once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to a, din- a much dingier part of the city where Major and Saito get out of a garbage truck in full garbageman wear. Um, we have Bato and Togusa in the back alley, in a back alley with their car. Bato is basically like, yo, these dudes are small time. Why are you all worried about anything? While the Major is like 
block having the Tachikoma blockade the streets and pull spark club plugs out of cars so they can't escape if they go through. So she's going full black ops here and everyone else is just like, dude, they're just low level mafiosos. Also, um, um, one of the Tachikomas is like, we found an old man in the garbage. Can we keep him? <laughs> yes. And Major's literally like, no, that's the local police's problem, not ours. <laughs> we don't handle homelessness in the cyber future. Um, so inside the mafia dude is selling a Japanese sex bot to some other guys when the major knocks on the door and does the, hey, you got a sign for this garbage pickup routine. <laughs> it's This scene takes so long, but it's also great because the first guy like looks back at his boss and is like, and the, and the guy's like, no, that's a trap, you ding it. No, I didn't schedule garbage pickup. And then he turns around and she's just like, well, you got a sign. And he's like, opens the door and just gets his shit kicked in. It's wonderful. Um, a dude behind the bar had like pulls a shotgun and jumps up, but Bato and Togusa stop him. And yeah, it turns out everything went just fine. Peachy dead. It's a pretty good exchange too. Cause the major, like as she kicks down the door is just like, all right, don't do anything stupid. And then this guy like pulls out a shotgun to shoot at the major. Bato shoots him in the hand. It is just like, did you not hear the lady? <laughs> <laughs> Goes full Pulp Fiction and oddly enough, misses completely because he's, she's covered. Um, so the cops, cops swarm into the place, billion cops, uh, everyone's getting arrested. One dirt dude turns into a super creepy combat android with a dick cannon. Um, he when flips- he says dick cannon, it's like a full howitzer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Huge. Dick howitzer is a better word for it. He also has um, like a laser that comes out of his mouth, like a laser eyesight thing I, I don't yeah, know, I don't know if that was it. supposed to be his cyber he looks eye. like sigma from mega man x yes. is what it looks it like looks very gonna, creepy. I, I assumed it was a big laser that he was going to charge his crystal and fire a laser but unfortunately no. we don't get a chance to see how sad yeah he, he knocks togusa down but i think does bato like manage to shoot it out shoot Bato just out? like punches his head off or something yeah yeah, yeah the major that's gets thrown right. through a window is the big the important thing yes the bato rushes over to the window and is like are you okay Okay, and it turns out she landed in a pile of garbage, which uh, they all make fun of her for. Except Togusa, whose car she has to ride back in. <laughs> See, I was just thinking that, like, Bato should get a kick in the ass for being a, oh, yeah, you don't need to be careful. And then there was, oops, there was an android. But it turns out the Major was the one who got thrown Yeah, Major trash. just has a really bad work day today. <laughs> Real unlucky. Uh, we cut back to the Chief's office. Major is basically in her gym shorts. Uh... And Chief makes a comment about it, but how is it any different from, like, well, her usual guest? Yeah, her normal, like, fucking half swimsuit. The cami setup. shorts. Yeah. <laughs> there is a oh. funny exchange here, though. Like, they were talking about, like, their intelligence. And it's like, yeah, they had a cyborg, but it wasn't a problem. And, like, they... I forgot what Bato does. He looks over, and he just, like, kind of makes, like, a joke about it and whistles. Yep. And it still wasn't a problem, ma'am, <laughs> is basically what he, t- what he goes. Um, he, they, the other important thing that was like different from the tip from uh, South China intelligence that they got was that the mobsters had a data file on some stock bro, Kanemoto Yokosei, which, like, it's really weird because he's a mathematical genius who basically got bored of high-level math and went into stocks and, like, he just manipulates the market for fun. And Togusa adds a line about how his real passion is stockpiling gold. Um, 
And everyone's really confused about this until he said he basically says he saw an episode of Cribs about this guy. <laughs> he watches daytime TV with the wife. Because he's a family man. He's because your wife master's guy. like, what a family guy, and I'm like, wife guy. <laughs> uh, at this point, they get contacted by the South China officer. Uh, he looks all official in the video call. Oh, we're forgetting the... Like, Toxic calls him the Crow Tangu, but the subtitles say the Hermit Wizard. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. a localization. The Hermit Wizard of Wall Street. Well, it's really <laughs> funny, too, because the the dub clearly went for a more, like, I don't know, Japanese-sounding title. With Crow Tangu, yeah. But I, I don't know, I guess maybe the original one or maybe the subbers just thought that was a really funny name. The Hermit Wizard of Wall Street. It's great. <laughs> Um, so they get contacted by the intelligence officer. He looks all official in the call in the office, but when it cuts over to him, he's actually clipping his toenails and his PJs. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because the view like just shows his head talking all serious and like you know he's doing the shit behind the scenes. So like, did he get like a VTuber thing? And those, dude, like, make it's his just own backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I basically assumed it was just he was putting a data image of himself forward looking fine while he was like. Yes. Secretly jacking it. I, yeah, <laughs> I love do. that fucking little... It's, it's such a tiny little touch, but it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Togusa gets sent to an interrogate while the Major and Bato head out to this guy's sweet crib. Uh, you skipped the most important part. Uh, the guy called because he was tipping him off that there was a mobster out to kill the dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably important. The mobster <laughs> yeah. hired a hitman to... Uh, <laughs> to kill this guy, yeah. To kill Yokose here. So, uh, yeah, they go hire... They, they go out to his sweet mansion... Um, we cut to the bank where our hitman is exchanging money for yes, which the bot basically says to her has a less favorable exchange rate than I guess cryptocurrency. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Just give me these fucking yen coins. So I guess yes is like the physical currency that's left. It's like a an amalgam of like yen the world's biggest euros and dollars uh, and stuff yeah. yeah it's also interesting because she gets these as like five yen coins or five yes. yen coins as opposed to like paper money yep yeah and the bot seems confused about this but she's like fuck off she goes back to her car and like pops her upper arm her, her lower arm like totally open this, this is really well animated and designed by the yeah, way like yeah. her, her arm splits this, open yeah. and she starts loading these like you know quarter cases of 500 yen yeah. coins a roll of pennies into her <laughs> arm and my question is why'd she go with the five dollar coins that's expensive get those pennies they're cheap as hell no but see if she's killing the financial cry you know financial villains of the world then she has to do it you know as ostentatiously as it possible it has to be the gold ones you know that's poetic because he's surrounded by gold Indeed. She, she tried to get a caliber for like Liberty Dollars, but they were just too prohibitively expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I only shoot hay pennies. <laughs> Second to wear dollars. <laughs> the, the people's currency. The, the George W. Bush <laughs> Memorial coin is the only one I'll fire. <laughs> Taste the wrath of my full state but quarter like, collection. You really should do is just. <laughs> You should just get panties and spray paint them gold. Clearly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the only other important thing in this scene, and she's in like a uh, the basement of the bank, an armored bank hatchback just basically drives off past her and she pulls off 
past it. So I guess in the future, like, we're too cool for armored cars. We have to go to hatchbacks. Meanwhile, at Section 9, uh, they are flying over the mansion, suiting up. Uh, Tachikoma asks Ishikawa if he's got any games on his phone. And he's really annoyed about that. Because, like, he's, he's just looking into his usual com- giant computer eye thingy. Uh, and it turns out he can't get uh, Yokosei, like... In a- using any of his normal hacker channels and Major's like well can't you just threaten to sue him or contact the, the people from MTV's cribs and see if they have something and Ishikawa was like no I already did the super hacking stuff this dude is actually off the grid yeah she's not like cyber eyes so they don't have like any info on him like regarding like his brain or anything like that he did not receive the 5G so they can't track him that's true um, and apparently he even contacted the show for the thing. So like, there's literally no one knows anything about this guy, except that he has a mansion way this out This nerd woods. called up MTV himself to get on Cribs. <laughs> and they <laughs> let him, like. It's a sweet crib. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is my gold pile. Um, they land to start driving, uh, a truck over to the mansion, uh, Major tells Baby Tank to follow them in camouflage, and it goes, aye, aye, Major, and she's just like, the fuck is that? Where'd you learn to talk like that? Hattiesburg. <laughs> Did a pirate teach you? <laughs> Baby's learning too many things, oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to the mansion, Bato's sneaking in from the back, as Togusa confirms that the hitman was hired, and basically just flies off in a helicopter to go meet them. Uh, the hit woman's code name is Femme, and the guys that they arrested were actually just a decoy so that she could get in there and fill this guy with a load of 500 yen coins, I guess. Um, Ishikawa has finally found an inn for, like, a maintenance appointment that was scheduled for today, and he basically hacks into it to give the major, like, you know, an inn in the, uh, mansion. Bato is walking in the back and we get the best scene in the entire episode. It's so great. Actually, it's like compound (laughs) best scene. First, he walks past a garage filled with sports cars and just like looks at them longingly like, you don't belong tied up in this mansion. You should be out on the the world. Yeah, the shot of this is fantastic because like it's this big garage and it shows the camera inside the garage looking out as like Bato kind of sneaks past it like really quickly. And then like in the same shot, it shows him backing up, like walking backwards to look into the garage like it's a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's (laughs) like seeing, yeah, it'd be like if a member of the band ZZ Top saw like a particularly cool car or a lady with sick games <laughs> like, he just kind of like leans back and is like <laughs> right away and so then because he's distracted by hot cars he does not see the robotic greyhound dogs sneaking up on him I thought they were more like Dobermans but yeah, yeah they're, they're Dobermans yeah. Yeah, do- yeah. I was trying to think of the name of the cyber uh, Dobermans but they're yes. cyber Dobermans and they are adorable they sure are they're adorable until you see that their teeth like start a serrating like hatch. I don't know. It looks like Wait. those hedge cutters. Like they just serrate back. It's like a high frequency saw. Basically, yeah. Are you yeah. saying that's not adorable? That's adorable. They just want to play. Yeah. So Bato jumps up on the roof and is just like, "Ah, damn it! I'm gonna be held up. I'm so sorry, Major." Um, we cut over to the Major who pulls up and sees the armored hatchback from before. 
and realizes that there's some dead bodies in the car. So, oops, it turns out that the hitman has showed up at the exact same time. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Tasha Coma's looking and see a dead guy and a dead woman who's been stripped as well. Yes. Um... Major walks into the mansion itself and is greeted by a maid bot. She's basically like, I'm with maintenance. Um, this maid bot looks like they're out of like a bad fighting game. Like a yes. budget like it. Yeah. <laughs> PS1 era, melty yep. blood like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's this hall is super ostentatious, gigantic foyer, like staircase going up and splitting marble columns and shit. And it's totally empty other than Major and this maid bot. Um, Tachikoma also like sort of pushes its way in the door and the maid is like, who are you? And the, the, the bot's like, I'm Tachikoma. Nice to meet you. And like, just kind of walks in like it owns the place. Um, we cut over to Femme being led down like a huge corridor, uh, with another maid bot. And it's, this place is absolutely gigantic. Uh, this is very much one of those this house might be in three separate zip codes like levels of fucking too big yeah yes and it's also again completely empty other than her and the maid and it's like not even all that well decorated or anything it's just it's just someone had a lot of money and they threw it around like crazy yes um back on the roof bato is like they could shoot them but that would just be an absolute shame um, this is where you get the shot of the saw teeth where it like it opens its mouth and just starts wiggling. And the best part is Bato's no. like, wait, that's all they have? And then he jumps up off the roof and starts running. And you get this great shot from the dog's point of view of like just running over, like catching up to him and like leaping at him. He kind of turns over and puts his arms up just as it goes. And then the shot totally cuts off. And it's wonderful given what happens next. But first, uh, Major hacks into Yokosei's files uh, and gets attacked by one of the maids who transforms into, like, I, like her skin, cyber skin, like, basically rips open and is, like, suspicious activity and just starts firing guns at her. Um, Major dispatches it, but she's really mad that the baby tank wasn't watching her back like she she's told like, it hey, to. Hey, hey, Tachikoma, you're supposed to be watching my back, and Tachikoma's like linked into the maid ball and is like, hey, hey, Major, uh, the assassin's in the building. Major's like, I don't want to hear it. You're supposed to be my shield. Maybe like, well, I don't think of myself that way. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> disobeying on the mission, like basically acting exactly like one of the human members of the team would, like doing its own detective work and stuff like that. And this really bothers her. <laughs> Um, we cut to Femme in Yokosei's bedroom where she basically, uh, fires her arm cannon at the, at another maid bot and it just absolutely shreds this thing. Yeah. Like the upper torso of the maid bot is just gone. Yeah. So like this, this thing is packing some serious heat and you see that like the coins have basically gotten cut into a marble floor. It's pretty messed up. It's a ludicrous amount of force launching these things. Yeah, yes. it's like a Gauss cannon in her arm. Yep, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Um, Togusa lands the helicopter as Bato runs around the corner with all the dogs chasing him, but then suddenly they all just start like you know yipping around him and like getting up and trying to lick him They're and stuff. Adorable. 
And he's like, I finally figured out how to see through a dog's eyes. And it cuts to the dog's eyes again. And it's just the Yokosei's like portrait. So he basically hacked into them and replaced the, his image with their, the, with their funny. owners. Yeah, and the it's dog really laughing man himself into Yokosei, which yes. is very good. It's really good because they're all super friendly and he's just, he's so proud of himself. Yeah, for he what tells he's them done. to like sit and stuff and they all do. <laughs> um, so Femme back in the bedroom, Fen delivers a, like walks up to the bed, which still has a curtain over it. So she can't see him, uh, delivers a sweet line about dying with his beloved gold. Oh yeah. We do see he has just like piles of gold next to his bed. It's not like, piles, they're of mountains gold. of gold. It's, this it's is like an Indiana Jones up. warehouse yes. of gold. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's what movies think Fort Knox is like on yes. the inside. Of gold, yes. That of gold, just yeah. just like, surrounded with gold. It, it's so much gold, I wonder how this is the second floor without the house collapsing. Yes. Yeah. Gold is pretty heavy, especially in those kind of quantities. That floor is reinforced. Mm-hmm. The house is basically structurally created to hold this gold up. <laughs> Load-bearing gold. <laughs> um, but just as she's about to shoot the uh, shoot this guy... Uh, Major, you know, tells her, like, you should just give up. That's, you know, don't, don't shoot this man. He's just a banker man. Um, Femme turns and shoots at the door and, like, blows off basically the whole hinge of the door. Um, but she gets over, like, Major Cyber sneaks up on her and basically rips her gold gun arm off and basically says, like, you know, you really should have actually just shot the guy when I gave you a line instead of trying to shoot me. If you were a, it's good like a smarter man, assassin, would have just blasted that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, come on. You got what an amateur move. Um, Bato and Togusa come in and there's this great shot of Major going like, well, what took you guys so long? And Bato is just like clearly trying to come up with some way other than I befriended a bunch of dogs instead of helping you stop the hitman <laughs> and he completely fails. And they're also just stunned by this like literal mountain of gold. Yeah. Um, at this point, Major's like, you know, this guy must sleep like the dead in order to sleep through like all of the, this sweet fight scene we just had and the giant shotgun that we uh, that fired off out of this lady. They pull back the covers and, oh my god, he's a corpse. Oh no, who could have seen this coming? Wow. So, he basically kept his high-frequency trading algorithm running, and because he was such a major player in the market and he was still making trades and whatever, and also famously a recluse, literally no one noticed that he was dead. For like several months at this point, he he's a yeah. They said it was three. Or, yeah, yeah his, they said it was three or four months at least. Yeah, his corpse is really withered and shitty looking. I feel he's that, a mummy. I feel a de- decomposition would have started happening like in earnest, but I guess maybe in the future they have really good like I don't know AC. Maybe the maid filtering. box cleaned his corpse. And yeah, from maybe he, I think ate, he probably did. Yeah. Maybe he ate a lot of hot dogs and was just very well preserved. Maybe. <laughs> you, <think> about that? <laughs> you never know. So, like, uh, Major's basically, they're basically like, well, I guess what are we going to do now? And Major's like, we got to file a death report and inform his next to kin. And Togusa pipes up, like, this this fucking moron pipes up with, <laughs> well, actually, the TV show said he doesn't have any next to kin, so they're not going to find everyone. Bato and the Major basically just look at him and are like, all right, dude, since you know so much, we're just going to let you do all the paperwork. And he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they both have a chuckle over this. It's kind of funny. Yep. 
Well, since we've got the expert over here, um, we cut outside the mansion where Femme's being loaded into a police car. They talk about how, like, the state's going to get all this gold if he has no next of kin. So, like, the, the nation of Japan just got materially richer by a decent amount by the fact that this guy died and left no, uh, left no will. Baby, basically, Baby Tank pops up, pipes up and says, it's probably better that the masses get it. As Major looks down and realizes that it's holding a bar of gold. She's like, what are you holding? Because it has just stolen a bar of gold. What's Please. that in your mouth? Please. <laughs> a knife! <laughs> no! I do like that the Tachikome, which is like already like a commune like group AI, yes. is getting into like, hey, maybe one person shouldn't have all this gold. <laughs> yes, the, yeah, Major and them are sort of just talking like, that'd be such a bureaucratic headache, and the Tachikome is the one that pipes up like, this is probably good for society, right? <laughs> it's Again, they do a lot with the Tachikomas in these episodes to lead up to 15. Tachikomas are also getting quite sticky-fingered, yeah. That too, yes. <laughs> just a little casual clearing. They, they love just stealing shit. It's so, great. Back in the Gold Sea bedroom, uh, the paramedics are basically like getting ready to zip him up in a body bag. And Togus is there. He picks up one of the 500 yen coins that uh, Femme Shah was shooting around and puts it onto his body and is like, there's your passage for the river sticks. And it's, it's a lovely little moment. It also says about the big piles of gold, it's like, you know, you can't take it with you. Yeah, it's a shame you can't bring all that with you. How about you have this? Um, Major then try... We, we cut to the airplane where Major is basically like, can, can you install inhibitors on him? He was being a real shit today <laughs> uh, about the baby tank. And... Ishikawa's like, well, they don't understand the concept of labor, so I'm not sure I can actually put any sort of, like... Punishment? I, yeah, we can't instate a punishment on here, because what are we going to do? We all we then cut over to a shot where they both look over, and the Tachikoma's just, like, playing on a Game Boy. <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and they're both just like, uh... Where oh, no. Where did even get that? <laughs> We've created teens. <laughs> so, final scene of the episode, we get to Togus's house where his wife is on basically a compact Presario PC, desktop PC. <laughs> this PC um, looks like the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Um, she says she's been trading Meditech stocks and they've actually made like a pretty neat profit off of it. Uh, their baby's in a bassinet over in the corner, and um, there's a great quote about how it's the, you know, every modern housewife these days is trading stocks on the market, and they have, like, this happy family, ah, ha, ha, and then walk out of the uh, room and turn the lights off for the baby. Um, but then the computer... Uh, I, I do like, <laughs> by the way, that this reinforces Togusa as Columbo, because, like, <laughs> this very like much that. is... <laughs> Yeah, he's a wife guy for sure because, like, he was talking about, you know, this show he watched and stuff. And, you know, it sounds like he's not terribly interested in it, but his wife's clearly interested in stocks, which has a very big. Now, I don't know anything about this Yosuke guy or about his trading, but my wife, she loves it. Can't get enough of the stuff. She washes cribs every day, you know? They can't like, get enough of it. I don't got a head for it. She's like on Reddit, like learning about all these like GameStop and AMC stocks. She's like, I can't get in on that. <laughs> yes. 
but my wife, she made 100,000 yen trading stocks. Trading Meditech the last day. Well, you know. So, uh, at this point, the computer turns back on and uh, we get a shot of, like, sort of just the baby's crib on one side and the computer placing an order on Serrano Genomics stock and uh, just, you know, orders a whole bunch of it. So I guess the implication is that the baby is <laughs> has learned how to trade stocks baby with trading. Cyber Bane, uh, based on insider <laughs> on insider information that Togus has been getting because you know we've had a Meditech episode and a Serrano episode. It's like next level boss baby, basically. <laughs> boss baby has now been filed by the SEC for insider trading. <laughs> It's such a weird shot to end the episode on, and I love it so much. It's very good. <laughs> and there we go. That's episode 14. All right. It's time for episode 15, which is uh, called Baby Tank Philosophy Session. That's <laughs> I've, true. I have no idea what it's really called. That's just what my name for it is. Uh, so we start out, we're in the middle of a mission. There's just like some buildings, and they're, they're scoping out place and talking over the radios. Um, Saito and Boma are in their big-ass helicopter, uh, watching a target through a sniper scope. And so Saito's holding this big-ass gun, and we get a brief look at this, like, little robot unit that's next to him, and it's got, like, a red blinking light. Uh, and we see that Saito is, like, kind of, like, shaking and struggling to pull this trigger, but eventually he does, and he shoots the target through the head, and it's dead now. Yay! It's a training mission. Also, when you say big ass gun, this gun is like thirty feet long and looks like it must weigh about eight hundred pounds. It's 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 mounted to a helicopter. (laughs) It's it's absolutely (laughs) massive. Uh, So what was like? It's mounted to a helicopter, and I would be seriously concerned about it destabilizing the helicopter when I get fired. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's so big, it probably stretches across the whole helicopter. So yeah, it's an evening factor. So yeah, That's Bowman's... not how force works, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was like, okay, test concluded. Ah, I went well. And Sight so was like, no, it was actually shit. Uh, I was getting interference from the system. and I, I was having a real hard time like shooting the gun. And so they arrived back at the base, and the babies are like, yay! Sight so and Mama, woo! And uh, Saito basically gives the this aiming unit uh, to one of the AI ladies. It's like, you know, you're in charge of that as he walks off. Watch this until we get back from the debriefing. So we like pan up and we see the major in a room above them with uh, some guys in red clothes. I assume they're an AI yeah, these guys lab in the, unit. Yeah, the guys in the red clothes are like the AI tech people. They're kind of always behind the scenes doing assorted AI stuff. Like, it was in that one episode with the movie theater brain. Um, they were also yeah, I think the dude with the long hair was the guy who got trapped in. Yeah, they yes, also just, yes. like, repair in the background the Tachikomas yep. in a lot of the scenes. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if they have names or anything. It's just, <laughs> I don't think AI they ever get named. No. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm gonna go at debriefing. You guys keep an eye on the Tachikomas because they're acting weird. Uh, you know, Give me your results after you're finished. She's also like, run some simulations if we reinitialize and tell me what'll happen. And so let me cut to the babies uh, approaching Saito and Boma and being like, how did you find the, the unit? Are, is, are we finally going to use these, these units in our helicopters? 
And Side was like, nope, um, I was getting interference, and I found that the fact that I'm still mostly human, I don't have many uh, cyber parts, meant that it kind of just hindered me more than it helped. And he and Boma uh, leave on the elevator, and the baby's like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, Saito is, like, the least cybernetic person on the team, apart from uh, Togusa. He's only got, like, uh, an eye and an arm. Yes, and we yeah. now get to the point of the episode where yes. literally the all the rest of the episode is the babies yes. chatting with each other. And it's adorable. <laughs> so yeah, they start talking about how like some people think cyborg is, is a rude term, but another one goes, no, no, that's reactionary conservatism. No, no one like says it's, it's a rude term. And You're going to get like, cancelled well, if you say that. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, okay, well, what is the line between man and machine? And like, well, that's... That's deep. But you know what? That aiming unit was pretty cool. So we're going to go get that aiming unit, right? And the yeah. both of them are like, yeah, we yeah. are. We're going to go like that, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we totally are. So they, they, they go over to the AI lady and she's like, oh, no, you don't. You, you guys get out of here. <laughs> I know you I, troublemakers. I love that this AI lady, like, even though, like, these AIs are shown not to have the greatest intelligence, knows that these Tachikomas are trouble and tells them to fuck off. <laughs> Up to no good. She's like, no, 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 no. You get away. I'm looking after the Shino. You get out of here. But then they just, like, they, they paradoxes poor lady AI with the, the, the one, like, ah, Tachikoma's like, I always lie, like, but if he always lies, and that can't be the truth, baby's lying, and the lady's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to deal with that, and she just sits down, like, uh, brain. Yeah, she starts thinking real hard over it. Mm. <laughs> yes. Brain. And the Tachikomas are so pleased with themselves yes, for having done this. they are delighted, and they take the unit and they steal it, and they say, folks who can't resolve a self-reference paradox are real suckers. <laughs> That's like level one shit. Like, God, I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can deal with that. Get on our level, lady. <laughs> um, so then one of them links up with the unit and it's like, ah, it's full of like, all the sniper program. Uh, well, anything interesting in here? And it's like, oh, this unit isn't like equipped with any like output devices, so it can't like say anything. We like, didn't ah. give it standard dot out, so it can't complain. <laughs> oh, what a piece of junk. That's that's obviously military technology because of course they would make it a mysterious black box that only they know how it works so yes. they can you know get the contract to fix it when it breaks. Yes. Absolutely, that's it's actually genius. very standard science stuff. There was an awful lot of instruments in our lab that were black boxes and we fucking <laughs> yep. hated it. It was awful. But uh, the touch was like, okay, let me hook it into my output, and it starts talking about like um, Saito's ID number, and it's like error delete, error delete. So. Basically, the unit was, in fact, fighting against Saito because it thought his input was unnecessary. So, yeah, yeah. Saito was correct. It wasn't liking him at all. And so these babies are, like, super worried about this unit. They're like, oh, it couldn't even vocalize its feelings. And now it's going to get scrapped because Saito doesn't want it. Or I hope someone else wants it. And then they have this, like, light bulb moment of, wait, and oh, then we, shit. Then we cut. And one of the babies, there are all the babies are there in, in their normal unit, and one of them's up on a crate, being like, guys, we have more important things to worry about. The revolution! <laughs> These babies are going to bring the guillotine out. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they talk about how, like, they can't worry about this, this unit being scrapped. We might be getting scrapped, because, like, 
They've noticed that the major is like looking at them with a weird look in her eye, um, like basically not liking <laughs> what they're getting. They've up correctly to. recognized how horrified she is that they keep developing. You know, that the hyper tanks yeah. have yeah. individuality and may in fact decide to do their own thing instead of being subservient hyper tanks. To which I say, maybe you shouldn't have given them such a good AI in the <laughs> yeah. first place. And I'm like, I love them. How dare you? One of them goes, oh, memento mori. <laughs> As they talk about it. It's so good. Yeah. Then like, uh, much like a few episodes ago, they talk about like, is being scrapped like dying? And they're like, well... Maybe, but are we even alive? Because we're just like robots. We don't have ghosts, which is basically analogous to the soul. And if we don't have that, are we actually just semi-immortal? Because we're not alive, so we can't die? Uh, and then a, a bookworm baby, as I would call her from now on, pipes up. She's voiced by uh, Nono from, from Planetus. Yeah. Uh, she's reading a book, like a physical book, in her hand. And, like, she starts talking about how, like, being scrapped isn't death, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility that a large mass of data can, like, develop a ghost. Yeah, basically, like, you know, is a human body really necessary for For a soul soul thing? Or could a sufficient amount of data just form into a soul naturally? Yes, and... Yeah, What's she the, reading? Yes, one of the others asked me what you're reading. And she's reading Flowers for Algernon. From heavy-handed publishing. Mm-hmm. And she's reading in the physical book from Tune. And I'm like, oh, you're reading it as a book and not just like downloading it's it a as text data. file. And she's like, yeah, I'm finally reading it. It's you know, stimulating. And I'm like, yes, the babies are becoming individuals. How adorable. So they're even getting like different voices and stuff now. Yeah, yes. the voices Before have started this- to deviate from how they all sounded at the beginning of the series, if you've noticed. Yeah, they were all voiced by one person at the start of this, and now, like, there's three or four, and they all have completely different intonations for every tank. And so they talk about, like, what what is life? And, and Nono is like, well, you know, what even humans think of as life is changing because of their contact machines. Maybe it's not machines that are changing, but people. And then there's, like... There, what are memories? Do memories make life? And then like, ah, we remember the little girl from three episodes ago. And they start arguing about which one of them was the one that actually met her because they are all convinced that they are the one who did it. Because of course they sink after every mission and their memories are basically one giant pool that they all experience as if it was one individual. So like, it was me. No, it was me. No, it was clearly me. And then one pipes up saying, hey, did, did, did any of you catch sight of uh, the Major when we were out there? So yeah, they, they noticed that uh, Teenage Major was following <laughs> them. The very obvious Major was spying on them. And then they kind of agree that who met her is kind of a moot question because they share memories and thus experiences and they're more of a collective than individual bots, really. We are just tearing through psychological and philosophical topics. Yes. Yeah, uh, you would think that when they sync their memories, like the memories would be like, I don't know, GUID'd or something. So they're individual. Because like, when did you run into no. conflicts? This is this is a fucking MongoDB database. <laughs> it's just getting stuffed in there at top yeah. speed. Yeah. They, just, they, they, they didn't really think these uh, tanks would gain individuality, so they didn't think it would matter. That's <laughs> true. Maybe worse, maybe. <laughs> 
Uh, the bathroom shows up and it's like, hey, baby, you come with me. So the one he always takes with him, it was the one on the crate, I think. Yes. Uh, jumps off and it's like, oh, it was me then that went and found the girl because, I- of course, it was uh, the one Basha was giving natural oil, which was that one. Yeah, and they do mention, like, well, that was the only one, so maybe he's a little different from the rest of well, us. The others get super jealous because <laughs> the experiences are meant to be shared, but Basha just uses that unit. And so the brickworm was like, well, maybe the body and mind are inseparable after all. And you know, there's an awful lot of like philosophy when it comes to these babies, and I'm here for it. It's so lovely. <laughs> They're yeah, it's, so it's adorable. It's hard to talk about it in this episode, because like, a lot of these topics can be explored well, a lot yes. longer than we're going to give them time for. Uh, a lot longer they... than the episode gives them time for as well. But it also does like a really good treatment, especially in the context of these literal weapons of war are gaining sentience and the way they're expressing it is by considering their own form of being. Like, it's it's really well done. It's, they're the best. They're, they're yeah, a fun they're, little vehicle to have this information, like, shared through, too. It's also, like, everyone on Section 9 except the Major basically treats them as, uh, like, pets they can talk to. Some of them. Togusa isn't Togusa. really... Togusa. Togusa does, and Bato does as well. Like. No, 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 Togusa hates them. Yeah, Togusa, 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 yeah, Togusa is weirdly offish about yes. the tiny yes. tanks that are now becoming people. <laughs> yes. Basso absolutely sees them as, like, an adorable pet cat. Yeah, and, like, you know, Saito and Boma at the start basically were talking to them like they were their children, you know, like, like aunts and kids. uncles kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, generally, like, each member has, like, a different relationship with these tanks. Yeah. Uh, which is really finds cute. annoying for the most part. Yeah. And it is like, yeah, they talk about, like, they also have talked about how if they lose their memories, do they lose their self? And so they they have this adorable line where they're like, okay, no matter what happens, we want to remember Mr. Bato forever, hmm. which is so cute. We also keep they cutting even back say, to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, they even just say at one point, they're just like, oh, God, would you imagine forgetting all the good times we have with Bato? And then all of them just get into an uproar. They're like, that no. would fucking stink. That would be the worst. No, absolutely not. And it's just like, oh, shit. The yeah. kids have emotions oh, no. about dad. That's yeah. not, oh, no, it's great. I love them. Can't forget They're about baby. Bato. We also, in all of these scenes with the tanks as a group, keep cutting back to, like, a security camera feed yes. of them, and that, that'll they're come up. They're clearly being watched having these philosophical debates. Yes. Yeah, they're not really hiding it. They're just walking around their garage yelling at each other about yes. it. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really realize it's a bad thing. But uh, anyway, yep. at the training range, uh, the trainees are just shooting targets, and Bato's, Bato's like, yeah, go at shit, just shoot, just shoot. And then he lovingly looks at his gun, and just like, oh, yeah. Come on, you maggots, shoot harder. This is a good gun right here. It's great. So the baby like is like, hey, what's what's going to happen to that sniping unit? And Bob is like, well, I don't know, but I don't think we're going to use it because it's, it's essentially an unknown quantity and you don't really uh, want that in your, like when you're on a mission, you want everything, you want you know everyone to be following procedure and, and doing the right thing. It's just like these recruits and also the babies, cough, cough. <laughs> So the baby asked them, well, are we going to get sent back to the lab then? And Basil was like, no, of course, of course not. Who's telling you that? Who told, who told you that? Who told yeah. You that? <laughs> I mean, no, never. we love you. I love you. Am I, am I adopted? No. <laughs> Why did, what? It, it is that exact tone. But baby's like, well, the major has been really scary lately. Bob's like, ah, she's always scary. You know that. But baby, she's still worried. 
And so, like, you know, she's just like, well, I, I think the major is angry because of something we've acquired lately. And Babs is like, what did acquired? you steal? And they're like, well, we've acquired uh, individuality. And Babs was just like, oh. <laughs> and then my favorite scene of the episode. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so Baby starts being like, oh, you remember that question you asked me about, like, can I, you know, conceptualize God and... She starts talking about maybe God is like, you know, mathematical zero, doesn't really exist, but she's still as a concept. She's talking about all these differences between like an analog existence, which is a human existence, and a digital existence, which is what the Tachikoma is, or essentially just numbers and data in a tank. And Bato is like not animated at all. At just all. standing there. It's just a shot. With this really animated Tachikoma, and Bato just stock still staring at it, and at one point he just opens his mouth. Like, yeah, the like, shot's uh. like 45 seconds long, and the only animation Bato gets is his jaw opening about halfway through it. Bato has yeah. maybe four frames of animation in this 45-second scene, <laughs> and it's incredible. And then we cut to his face, he's just completely stunned and slack-jawed when Baby's like, Hey, what's it like to not be in digital existence? And Bada was clearly thinking, oh, fuck, the Major's like, right? Something is extremely wrong with these babies. Oh, no, she's right about everything. Oh, Shit. Oh, dear. <clears throat> so after the training, uh, Baby returns to the others, and they are super jealous. She starts playing with, like, the wrench and putting it on like it's a horn, and, like, is really proud of being Bada's, like, special unit. So then they turn it into philosophy, of course, because the others start talking about how obsessing over external appearance is dumb and it doesn't matter. But the baby is like, well, of course it matters. Look at Togusa. He's always talking about how his like son looks just like him. And, and we get such a sweet CSI shot here. <laughs> yeah, so like his kid, his baby child and him and like superimpose the images and like they oh, anamorph yeah, his, his face into his kid <laughs> into the fact that like his baby's head eventually is on his head and it just looks ridiculous <laughs> it's so funny seeing a baby's head on an adult's body is always funny much like a baby with facial hair is always funny a plus comedy right there and, and they're like well maybe uh-huh. Togusa doesn't like us because he already has a kid that shares his genes and like we look like machines rather than people so he can't like empathize with us but the bookworm one points out that it's actually because we're probably too close to being human like we go full-on uncanny valley yeah here. like well think about why we're designed to look like tanks in the first place so like what's well, because we're weapons and she's like but that's not all <laughs> yes, i mean but. people designed robots for their convenience and they get freaked out if machines seem too human so they design most of them like machines like the tachikomas like the big exception the to Tachikoma that. start to understand Uncanny Valley and yes. the problems it can cause. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so they're like, well, what about the AI ladies? They look like people, but they point out that it's because they have to like help and interact with people and navigate through a world designed for humanoid existence. So they have to like look human, but they're also given like bad AIs and low processing power, hence being foiled by the paradox. They're very clearly not human to a human, so they <laughs> yes. don't get seen as so a So they're still not human enough, yeah. And yeah. During this, they show the AI ladies like making coffee and escorting VIPs and stuff. And yes. also the one who is guarding the sniper unit still just sitting there in a thinking pose. <laughs> thinking, like, yeah, the thinking man, it's uh, great. <laughs> yeah. And so the bookworm's like, well, humans want machines to respond like machines. So the baby's like, well, if then maybe the major will like us if we're more like robots. 
So they start chanting, we are robots, we are robot, while making like the robot hand jerk motions. <laughs> and it's so cute. Unfortunately, they look just like children trying to be robots. Oh no. Yes. Ew. Yeah. Oh no. They look like babies playing pretend. Oh Thank shit. You. One of them was like, ah, I can't keep doing this. We've got to view gaining intelligence in a more positive light. It's better to be Socrates dissatisfied than pig satisfied. One points out you've kind of mailed it two sentences from that quote. But essentially, it's better to be sad and smart than dumb and happy. Um, There's a really cool edit. Oh, sorry. There's a real cool edit here because they're watching that scene with the Socrates quote from a security camera. And then, like, the security camera pulls away like it's the inner view from the major's perspective. Yep. So, like, she's been watching the whole time. Yes. Yes. And then she walks through the door. And it's like, hey, where's Bato? And the robots answer her, and they, I am talking like a robot. He is in the training facility. <laughs> well, then it's also, like, worth noting that Major is, like, super-duper robotic, too, in this scene. Like, yes. honestly, more convincingly robotic yes. than the babies are well, at She is throughout the whole be. series. I'm probably going to talk a bit about this mm-hmm. at the end, but... Uh... But this scene in particular really plays it up. Like, she's, yes. like, very dead-eyed, very cold, and, uh, yeah, they, the babies are trying so hard. There's a great thing where, like, Major looks over to the AI lady who's still in the thinker pose, and you get, like, you can basically see the sweat drop forming on the Tachikoma's face, <laughs> but then Major's just, like... All right, thank you very much. And then walks through, and they all go through and go, Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Nailed it. She likes us now. Yeah. <laughs> she's not mad at us anymore. Um, so then she's walking away, and but and, and the Tachikomas are also leaving. But one of them's like, Hey, what does she want to talk to Bato about? And follows her. Um, so then Bato walks into a room with the major who's uh, with those lab guys from earlier, and Bato's like, why are we in here? I don't think it's for you to confess your burning love. And it's like, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Wishful thinking major, on Bata's part. <laughs> yes. And the major says it's the only electromagnetically shielded room. And we can see that the baby is optically camouflaged and is watching from outside on the ceiling and starts reading uh, the major in Bato's lips. Yeah, this shot is edited like the fucking Hell 9000 <laughs> scene. It's Yes. <laughs> it's upside down. It's, yep. it's very good. And so the major telepathically talks to Batman and says, hey, say stuff out loud different to what we're saying. There's a tachycoma watching us and reading our lips. It, you just get these huge horror vibes of this machine following them, which is kind of an amazing cut after we've had just them philosophizing with each other for the last baby celebration minutes. yeah yeah he ho funny baby time and now it's like oh except if the robots gains if, if these tanks gain sentience and decide that them being scrapped is bad and that all of humanity just wants to scrap look there's a lot of ways this can go south <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like, what we're getting at i yeah. think the babies love Bato way too much <laughs> to, yeah, like, but what about when Bato passes and there are still many babies look <laughs> what, they'll man? just find new people alive I think they have a great deal of affection for even Togusa to be honest I don't like, know it's it's that tweet when the race wear comes and I have to shoot Tony Hawk <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're mentioning the horror aspect of this because like as the major is like radioing Bato is like yeah there's someone watching we get a close up like fish eyed shot of like real close to Bato's face kind of like looking over his shoulder into like a He's like, I think he's looking into like a cigarette lighter. He's looking at his lighter. She's literally literally like, do not turn around. They'll notice. 
Like, yeah. there's a Tachikoma right behind you. Yeah, but, and like, he's it's a like, close-in horror shot, and he sees, yeah. like, the reflection of it in the cigarette lighter, and, yeah, Yo, it's kind of like, creepy the way I, they do it. I have faith in these babies. <laughs> I don't think they would They ever won't have an uprising. Them. They're too good. Not against Basso. True. I think they like them too much. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so, like, out loud, the Major is, like, telling them all for being a bad trainer, but telepathically, they're talking about how the baby tanks have gained a, self of, a sense of self. And are curious about life and death, which is interesting for AI research, but absolutely terrible. And really bad for the squad of tanks that we now rove out into missions. And so the Major's like, Bato, we're going to stop using them. We're going to send them away back to the lab for dismantling and experimentation. And he's pissed because he, of course, thinks of them as his like pets, as his babies. He loves them, but he's like... This is an order, isn't it? I can't yeah, he's, disagree. And he's, he's, he's super like, not yeah. happy about this. Yeah. And so the baby is completely fooled by the talking and uh, detaches from the ceiling and leaves. She goes to the others and goes, good news, we're not getting scrapped. And she tells them that, but Basso is being told off and they're all like, oh no, we better, we better cheer him up. Not knowing that the major is going to scrap them all. And that's how the episode ends. So I'm going <laughs> so perfect. This episode oh. was a delight. And then it ends like that. And I am so sad. Because the Tajikomas are literally my favorite part of the show. They are the best. They're amazing. And they've okay, been they'll never forget duty. Bato. Never forget Bato. The Tajikomas are a loose cannon. <laughs> and they need to turn in their guns and badges. I, I like this too. Because this episode is something that's been like clearly culminating from yeah. very early on. Oh, yeah. And, like, it, it's been slow building. They obviously ramped it up a lot in the last two episodes before this, but even then, like, yeah. I really like how they worked in, like... It's, it's slow. Huh. The Tachikomas are really just becoming kids, huh? Yeah. Ah, crap. Just literal children <laughs> with... 8 millimeter cannons, stra- 80 millimeter cannons strapped to their noses. One of, I love them. One of them had snot coming out of its nose and asked me if I had any games on my phone. This is <laughs> fuck, we gotta stop this. <laughs> yeah, and it, like it's really good too because the entire episode they are just, you know, having philosophical discussions and, you know, just talking like kids do. And then it pulls back right at the end to the major's obvious horror at the fact that this thing that is filled with guns and that we send out into the general public is not listening does not to have orders. a ghost yeah, that yeah we, does not we promise it does not have thing. a ghost yeah yeah it's not following orders and it definitely doesn't have a soul stop worrying about that please yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and it is this sort of thing like this is a literal scientific breakthrough this has never happened before like this is absolutely but, wild, but we also give them Gatling guns. <laughs> yeah, and like we can't really let this out because we're in section nine. <laughs> like we can't really like give these to some research people to just be like, "Hey, want to look over our super tanks real quick?" <laughs> like, yeah, the episode in particular, I like the editing about it and how they portray like the happy-go-luckiness of these. Yes. Children trying to figure out the world around them through the horror of these loose cannon weapons that could kill humanity at any point. Yes. I don't know. I adore them. And it, it's so well done, like, because they are, you know, you see them exactly like, you know, as they see themselves and then also how the major sees it. And they're completely in conflict, but they both make perfect sense. Yeah. It's it's yeah. so well done. I just, I just love them. <laughs> they're so wonderful. I love them. They're wonderful. And they, they, we're... She's like, you're going to get them out in the field, which means we're going to see less of them, which is awful. I love them <laughs> wow. so very much. The thing I, cool spider tank. Yeah, the thing I love really is just the fact that y- y- 
It's one of those where, like, you really want the Tachikomas to be okay, but also, yeah, extremely from the other side, it's like, ah, we should really do something about that. <laughs> like, Just yeah. take some of the guns off them, it's fine. <laughs> oh, sure, if it only has a handgun like Togusa, how much damage could it do? Well, really, okay. how much scarier are these guys than, yeah, like, Bato, who has, like, cybernetic parts that allow him to jump and shoot and kill things. I'm not Dive more, onto the I'm highway. not more scared of Tachikoba than I am as the major, who I think I, is immoral, to be honest. Like I'm not okay. sure about the major's like code of morality, personally. <laughs> so my 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 idea, take the Tachikomas out of the Tachikomas, mm-hmm. put them in like a regular, like a child robot body. Let them rock it for like, you know, 18 years or so and then see how they're feeling and be like, okay, would you like to re-enlist as a tank? (laughs) Maybe it could be like a little circle that has like eyeballs on it and like a little wing thing, maybe. Uh, (laughs) Little Gundam helper friend. (laughs) Just hypothetically, you know, I think that would be aesthetically pleasing. Some horrors do murder people, so. (laughs) You wouldn't give a horror a gun. Victory Hall kills people straight up, so... I I do think, like, a couple of things interesting about this episode is, one, like, how I immediately am like, oh, yeah, these babies have, like, a soul and sapience, like, immediately. I don't have any question about that, whereas, like, they're obviously like, oh, my God, they're gaining sapience. This is weird. And I'm just like, no, no, that's completely normal. Of course robots, tanks can be become people. <laughs> of course a tank could be a baby. <laughs> and I think it is just, like, because of, like, sci-fi over the last, like, 10, 20, 30 years that, like, and even just real life over the last, like, 10, 20 years that, like, robots aren't a weird, unknowable quantity anymore. The fact that, like, androids could, like, gain a soul is, like, normal and has been explored in, like, lots of media and even, like, games and stuff. You sort of think about, like, when this manga was originally created, the popular culture conception of AI and all that versus, like, the next 30 or 40 years of science fiction literature. Yeah, Yeah. people even talk to AI now. Like, Alexa is in their homes. Yeah, and we all know that it's bullshit, but it's still, like, such a giant step forward from Columbo roving around with a giant robot that looks like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I mean, like, even though it's not, like, strong AI by any means, something like GPT-3 that can make, like, human-sounding sentences on topics and actually put together, you know, like literary and linguistic, you know, complex phrases and stuff like that is to, I mean, anybody who was, you know, alive 20, 30 years ago, crazy. Yeah. The fact that a computer can talk like that. Yeah. So it's not a hard stretch to say that given computational power, given another, you know, 30, 50 years, something like this could happen. Yeah. And it is like, it's also not as horrifying as it was. Like, you remember, like, there's loads of films from like 20, 30, 40 years ago where like, Robots gained sentience and killed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's less so nowadays. Like, more people are in the, like, philosophy of if they gain sentience, does that make them people? Wait a minute. Are you telling me that maybe it's not the robots that are changing as much as the humans yes, and their perceptions of robots? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the point of the episode. Mm. And what? I just find that really interesting because, yeah, what? like, the people in this reality are, like, oh, this is weird, whereas we in our reality are like, no, that's fine, that's normal. It is also that the show has gone way out of its way to portray the baby tanks as these adorable little puppies and adorable. then children, 
and the major as this cold, distant feature, you yes. know, like super officer and like oh yes it's, how it's, different yeah. is that really kind yes. of thing like yeah. how human is she when all she has <coughs> human left is her brain and she is very cold and mechanical and i find it really hard to like her very deliberately so this is not a knock on the show it's extremely it's deliberate purpose, course, that yeah. she's not yeah. like very relatable yes she's very alien a foil to these tachikomas who are fully ai and yet so deliberately more Adorable. we're I the cute them. child of the show kind like, of thing. I attached to them immediately. Of course. But even I related to Togasan, Bato, mm-hmm. and every other character much more than uh, the Major. Yeah. And so there is just that, you know, man, the line between man and machine as the, as the baby said is like really blurred and that's part of the thesis statement on the show. I just thought this episode was really interesting. I, I think more anime should have their mascot characters have a weird gaining sentience arc because uh, yes. I would and also definitely Gatling like guns. them more. And also Gatling guns. Yes, they develop sentience and also guns. Uh, so uh, next time we'll be doing it is uh, 16, 16, 17, 17 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we still got a ways to go for the rest of this season. And there's oh, yeah. two whole dang seasons of this show. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of I'm excited I was going to say, as an aside, uh, remember this episode when we go to talk about episodes 25 and 26. Oh, boy. The babies. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we now have two arcs, and I am actually invested in both of them. Because both The Laughing Man 3 is very interesting, (laughs) and also the Tachikomas gaining sentience is just... It's good. It's good so far, and I really Mm want to see where it goes. Yep. Yeah. Well, till next time, everybody. Space anime. Space anime.